So happy Father's Day to everybody. My mom is upset because my daughter is not here. I don't know where they are, Mom. I don't know. Lydia had a big day yesterday. She had a dance recital at 10. Then she was a flower girl in the afternoon. She did much better at the flower girl thing than she did at the recitals. The only thing she did in the recitals, she said, hi, Mom and Dad. Pretty much all she did. Other than that, she just stood there the whole time, chewing on her gloves. So we're going to start with something a little different. Um, the drive home from Bismarck, you guys heard me talk about it last Sunday, and I was really frustrated. And actually, part of the way through that drive, I talked into my phone, and I thought, I'm going to talk about all the positive things that are going on at Sunnycrest. I'm done with the negative stuff that's happening. So I wrote a list. Actually, I talked about a list, and then I wrote it out when I got home. I'm not smart enough to figure out how to email it to myself just to print it out. Lydia probably could have done that. So in the last two years, we've started three new services. We've got two Hispanic and a librarian service, along with these three. Our Hispanic service is almost at 100 already. Uh, so it is growing immensely. The missions committee made massive mission commitments. Tree of Life, a five-year commitment of $25,000 and two mission trips a year. Community Outreach, a five-year commitment of $50,000 and mentors for their programs. Hayward Elementary, a five-year commitment of twenty dollars and mentors for the mentoring program. And then the men moving in faith added the meal on Monday nights at Hayward. Sunnycrest Village, we did a five-year commitment of ten grand and three community events a year, and we have one coming up soon. So far this year, we've raised 10000 for community outreach, and we have one person who is a mentor for their Genesis financial program from our church. We raised 3000 for Hayward Elementary. We have seven men from our church who are now mentors in their mentoring program. We have had one event at Sunnycrest this year. We did a breakfast. We're doing a, the picnic coming up here next weekend with over 300 people involved with our neighbors at Sunnycrest Village. Uh, two mission trips planned for the Tree of Life ministry. We've increased our average attendance by almost 120 a Sunday since January 1st. We have over 50 affirmations of faith through baptism, confirmation, and new members since January 1st. Our youth group grew to over 30 a week this year. Sunday school grew by almost 5%. Small groups increased from 4 to 25 this year. Time Out has given $1,500 to charities already this year. We give hats and gloves every Christmas. The youth group does the Angel Tree Project at Christmas. The Brown Bank Stitchers have given over 300 quilts in the last three years to different people. And quilts are a lot of work. Men moving in faith, like I said, they have grown and they started the meal. Mary Circle gives quarterly to St. Francis House. UMW has given roughly $2,000 to four different charities so far this year. So, I mean, there's so much good going on that this is what we have to focus on instead of the bad things that everybody wants to talk about. So I wrote this list as much for me as I did for anyone else as I was so frustrated driving home from Bismarck. And I'm, 
I keep telling people, I'm over it. I'm trying to get over it. But today, our scripture, we're going to start with Proverbs. The righteous walk in integrity and happy are the children who follow them. And there's a real reason I picked this on Father's Day. Because today is Father's Day. It's, it's a day the Lord made. It's a day to celebrate the fathers, the fathers-to-be. Those who aren't fathers yet, this is still a great message for you on what we're looking at. But I did look up how Father's Day started. Has anyone researched how Father's Day started? I had no clue, so I looked it up. I'm like, I wonder why we have Father's Day. Back in 1910, there was a lady named Sonora Dodd in Spokane, Washington, and she was sitting in church on Mother's Day. And as they were celebrating mothers, she was sitting there thinking about her dad, who was a Civil War veteran, and her mom died at birth. So all her and her siblings had ever known were, was dad. And dad never remarried. And dad was a very godly man and brought him to church. And she's like, wouldn't it be great if we could have a day to celebrate dad? Because he was born in the third weekend of June, she talked her pastor into that year having a celebration for fathers on that day. Many years later, Lyndon B. Johnson, in 1966, made the third Sunday of every June Father's Day because of one lady, Sonora Dodd, wanting to celebrate her dad. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. But first, we're going to start out with some help for the women in the room. I'm going to talk about some things that men say to help you understand it. <laughs> I made a men's thesaurus. So, we're going to talk about a few things that men say and what it truly means, just to help you out here on Father's Day. Yeah. Walk very carefully. You want me to come stand right by you? <laughs> when a man says it would take too long to explain, it means I have no idea how to help you with this. <laughs> Judd's not laughing yet. When a man says, take a break, honey, you're working too hard, he means I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. Please shut it off. That one hit the sonas hard right there. <laughs> when a guy says, that's interesting, dear, he truly means, are you still talking? When he says it's a guy thing, that means there is no rational definition for whatever he is doing at that moment. You will never find a way to put logic to it. It's just a guy thing. When a man says, uh-huh, sure, honey, or yes, dear, it means absolutely nothing. It's just a trained response that we're started at a really young age to say, yes, dear, yes, dear. When a man says, you know how bad my memory is, he means I can remember the theme song of Happy Days. The phone number of my first girlfriend, every VIN number of every car I've ever owned, and yes, I forgot your birthday. <laughs> Bill, you didn't laugh at that one. Your wife did, but you didn't. He didn't hear it. He didn't hear it. That's a classic guy thing. I uh. When a man says, oh, don't fuss, I just cut myself, it's no big deal, it means I probably severed a limb and I'm going to die, come help me. 
When a man says, I can't find it, it means it didn't just fall into his hands while he was looking for it. Sonas, you guys have to come right up front. I mean, they're laughing at every single one of these. <laughs> Stevie, you need a Kleenex. <laughs> when a man says, I heard you, he means I haven't the foggiest clue what you just said, and I'm hoping desperately that I can fake it enough so you're not mad at me for three days for not listening. When a guy says, you look terrific, that means I'm hungry, I'm tired, please stop trying on outfits. <laughs> Got a good laugh over here. When a man says, I am lost, I know exactly where we are, it means you're never going to be seen alive again. <laughs> when a man says, I don't think I can go today, it means shopping is not a sport, honey. And I don't want to go. When a man says, I don't remember saying that, because you need to know the man rule. Anything that I may have said six months ago is not admissible in an argument. <laughs> and in fact, anything in the last seven days is null and void of bringing back up. Because I won't remember it. <laughs> when a man says, that's not what I meant. It means that whatever he said could be taken two ways, and he's praying to God you take it the good way, <laughs> not the bad way. So I just wanted to have a little fun on Father's Day. Am I, am I okay yet? You want, you want to add one, or Julie, you? <laughs> but back to Father's Day. The coolest title that a guy can ever carry is Daddy. I don't care what anyone says. I had no idea how life would flip when Lydia showed up in this world. Now, women get a completely different vibe because they connect way sooner than a man does. And that's not at the fault of men. It's that women get to know that little thing much better in the first nine months than we do. And there's a bond there that we won't ever have with our child that mom does have. And that's a wonderful thing, not a bad thing. But nothing will bring a, bring a grown man to his knees more than, I need a hug, Daddy. And I don't care if your daughter's two or 30. When a girl says, I need a hug, Daddy, you stop and drop a roll and you hug that child. Nothing makes us cry quicker than a child that is hurting. And we're trying to figure out what we can do to help as a parent and as a father. But with this title, there's a lot of things that come with it. And I, I truly think, I'm going to be kind of hard on the men today. So women, don't cheer as I'm doing this. But I think as men, I think we, in the last 20, 25, 30 years, have really fallen short on what it means to be a father. I got a whoop, whoop right here. I think men have, though. I, I think men have, have not taken it serious enough. I don't think men truly get what we're getting into when we become a father. When I'm doing marriage counseling, when somebody's getting married and I have a person who's going to be a stepdad coming in for the first time ever as a parent, I will spend four meetings with that guy without the wife on what it means to be a parent. 
and what it means to be a stepdad. Because we have to understand, guys, that we set the bar for everything. Okay? When you have an argument with your wife and you scream and yell and belittle her, you just made that okay for your son to do and okay for your daughter to accept. You made that okay. When you have an argument with your spouse and you get mad and slam the door and go out in the street and go screeching down the road with your car, you just made that okay to happen. When you don't show up at your child's event, you just made that okay to happen. When you cuss and swear in front of your children, you made it okay. When you decide that five days a week it's okay when I get home from work to kick back and shoot three beers and watch TV and not do anything, you just made that okay. You made that acceptable. You made that the norm. You have to understand we're setting this bar for our kids. And I think where men have really, really failed is in the faith category. And I think the church has failed miserably on men of connecting men to faith, of connecting men to church. It's why you've heard so much about man church and doing all these man things because we're trying to build better biblical men because that means you're a better father, you're a better husband, you're a better employee, you're a better everything because you have a Jesus-led life. It's the reason that our faith is so important that we have to get men reconnected into it because there's no greater example of a father than God. There's no greater example of love than Jesus Christ and what he does. That's who we're supposed to be like. We have a lot of houses in this world that are very skinny on faith. And what I mean by that is faith takes a second, third, fourth, fifth role every day in that household. Everything comes first. You can't take the 15 seconds it takes to say grace before a meal with your family because you're in a hurry. Got to get somewhere. And I think that skinny faith part, now don't get me wrong, faith to me is a 50-50 journey between husband and wife. But I think the man has not held up his end because there are so many Sundays that you sit in a church and there's women sitting by themselves and you know they're married. Or there's a family sitting with no dad. You just made it okay that faith is not important in your family when you're that dad. You just said faith is not important. I don't need to be there. You guys go. Have fun. Yeah, I understand there's hunting and fishing trips that you do once in a while. I get that. But we need fat faith houses. Sounds funny, doesn't it? We need houses that are fat with faith where that is your example. I grew up in a house where a family meal was something that we had to do. And as a parent, now I'm finding how hard it is to actually have a family meal. But that was something we always did, was the family meal. And I think, man, I think we've just faltered on this journey. We've got caught up in the things of this world, in the ways of this world, and that making the dollar is the most important thing, and that if I miss my kid's baseball game because I got to put in an extra 10 hours, it's okay. 
I think we've gotten there. The hardest part about being a pastor is the boundary of the amount of hours you work in a week. That's the hard part. I was very blunt when I was hired at Sunnycrest that whatever my daughter's in, I'll be gone. And the reason I really feel that way is I grew up with parents who never missed anything that I was in. And I mean nothing. My poor stepdad was a basketball coach and all his kids wrestled. But he never missed anything. And one of my favorite things growing up is I would watch tape with him of basketball on Sunday nights or watch games with him or go to the gym with him. But my parents didn't miss anything, so they have raised three boys that we don't miss anything that our kids are involved in because that bar was set for us on how it works and why it works. It's the reason our faith is so important. Jesus can lead us to the way to handle arguments to treat our spouse. We set the bar on how our sons are going to treat their wives and what our daughters are going to expect from men. We're it. I pray every day for stewardship of my family so that I'm treating my wife the way she needs to be and I fall short. And then I'm taking care of my daughter the way I need to and I fall short and I pray all the time, help me, help me, help me get this right. But I'm trying really hard. And I'm praying for it and I'm working on it and I won't stop working on it. I mean, to me, the dance recital was phenomenal. I know my daughter stood there and chewed on her glove, but the first thing she did is went, hi, mommy, daddy. But were that important? That's the first thing she noticed when she got out on stage was mom and dad. And I'm like, whatever she does from here on out, I don't care because she won right there. She got it right. So this day, I want to celebrate the dads in the room. I want to celebrate the dads-to-be. I really do. I, I want to lift this up. But I want this focus and the celebration to be getting back to a life that is led by Jesus Christ. That you use the example of the father to be a dad and to be a father, to be a husband. We had a wedding in here yesterday. And they wrote their own vows. Is anyone here? So Hayden uh, Erickson is reading his vow and his promise to his wife was to respect you in every form and fashion. His vow. And I thought, man, you got it. And he says, I will love you all the time regardless of what's going on in your life or mine. Like, Man, you got it. She goes, I don't care how bad you mess up. I love you. I'm like, you got it. And of course, Amanda was <laughs> crying as, as this was going on. But I wanted to pat him on the back and say, good work, young man. That's very focused on the way it should be. So the challenge for the men in this room, the men, I don't mean the ones that are just dads or granddads, but all the men, is that you bring Jesus into your life and into your home.
that at this point you raise the bar and let Jesus be the guide. You set the example of what it's supposed to look like to lead a Jesus-centered life. Amen?